Hello, it's your host, Hamish Carton, back here on Burst Ball Ahead of episode number 257. Just a few bits of housekeeping I need to run through before we get on to today's show. First of all, a big thanks to everyone who's managed to get involved in our return show, which aired last week, both the podcast and the video forms of that. More on that in a little second. Also, thanks to everyone who's managed to follow the Twitter page. We're at Burst Ball Podcast on that platform. If you've not yet found us on there, feel free to do that. It really would be appreciated, as is the same on Facebook and on YouTube as well. Now, in terms of YouTube, there's lots of content already on there. Four videos, I think, but there'll be more coming in the coming days when we record our end-of-season award shows. There'll be a goal-of-the-season show, a player-of-the-season and a manager-of-the-season too. Now, just to give you a little bit of an insight into what we're planning, I know we're just literally back last week, but we've got big plans for the future. Last week, you may have noticed that the videos we put out on our YouTube channel also doubled up as the audio for podcasts that we put on this platform. However, that won't be the case going forward. We're going to differentiate between the two, bringing you an audio-only podcast that you can only get on your podcast platform every single week, if not more, as well as video content that will only be available on YouTube. It's just a way of us being able to bring you as much content as possible for whatever need you have, whether you like listening to the show when you're out and about or you prefer watching it on your laptop, television or phone. Now we may also shorten the length of some podcasts like this one and aim to bring you more than one of them per week. Now the podcast will be staying strictly as a podcast as I just said but we'll aim to keep it different from the YouTube platform by discussing different things and in particular having guests on on pretty much every show. That brings me on to this week's special guest. It's Ruri Kilgour who has founded the website Donate A Ticket which does exactly what it says on the tin. But we'll let him tell you about all that in his own words. But first of all, he started by telling me and the returning Matt Finlay on the podcast all about himself. We hope you enjoy this week's show and I'll speak to you at the end. Yeah, so I'm a, well, I'm a big Wraith Rovers fan. Um, I own a social media marketing company in the gambling industry. Um, but yeah, as a side project, I, I like to help Wraith Rovers in, in any way I can. I've done various fund, fundraising projects for the club. Um, for example, I did the Copa shirt last year that they brought out uh, to commemorate the 94-95 season, the 25-year anniversary. I did that project. I also started the online ticketing at Wraith Rovers. So I've always been trying to help Wraith Rovers in many ways, and that's kind of where the donated ticket idea started. Well, you've already answered one of my questions later on down the line, which <laughs> was why are Wraith Rovers absolutely running away with that? But we'll come on to that a wee bit later <laughs> on. Um, as we already mentioned, you're obviously the, the founder of... A, donate a ticket what was the the thinking behind that because i'm assuming it's a kind of relatively newly launched thing yeah i mean there was i was thinking about this earlier today there's no such kind of light bulb moment that came with it it was basically once the football was announced that it was going to be postponed for the foreseeable future i think that was about the 13th of march mm-hmm. it was the following week i was just thinking of different ways that wraith could kind of fundraise during that period and one of the ways that i thought of is just if you can kind of create some sort of virtual ticket donation to offset the money that they're going to lose from not having any matches and, and Wraith Rovers had quite big games coming up they had that week uh, I think two weeks 
after that, uh, the games were postponed. They had the Carabao UEFA Cup final against Inverness, mm-hmm. and they also had obviously a title running um, with big home crowds expected. So that was where the idea came about of how I can kind of create a fundraising platform that's custom to football fans to allow them to rationalise a donation. So it's not just like a just giving page or a GoFundMe page where clubs are expecting fans to put their hands in their pockets and just put a donation in. Mm-hmm. This way was kind of rationalising it for the fans because if they're willing to spend 20 quid or whatever going to a game anyway, then they might be willing to put that 20 quid through donate a ticket in the thought that it would have been going, they would have been going to the match anyway. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the, the leaderboard aspect that we added was the big thing. That was created the competition between the fans and the clubs so that there was, there was still that competitive element for fans. So every club was put into a leaderboard in their actual division. And then obviously the more you raise, the higher up the leaderboard you went. And that proved very popular with the clubs, not only in fundraising, but also giving them a narrative to actually promote it. Because you know how hard it is for clubs to actually go on Twitter and just say, look, Mm -hmm. give us some money, basically. Whereas if you do it in a way that's a bit creative and imaginative, then it's a lot easier to do that. Yeah, fair to say you've kind of played into the competitive element of of fans' minds. Obviously no football on at the moment, but if if they're looking for another way to get one up in their rival clubs, then you've kind of given them it. Yeah, I mean, a, a few people have said that, you, that now's not the time to be competing, but I mean, it's fun It's fun competition. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, whether one club raises more than the other, it doesn't matter. I mean, clubs have bigger fan bases than others, but it's just a little bit of fun. And, and the big thing was, it was just giving clubs a way to actually appeal to supporters rather than just throwing up a just giving link, which people are associated with giving money to charity, not football clubs. You throw up a just giving link. And, and at that point as well, you're looking at the end of March, it's before the furlough scheme came out with the government. At that point, people didn't even know about their own situation as well. So it, is, it was a very tough time to be asking fans to donate. Uh, to donate money to a football club but yeah that that was the big thing the competitive element I think was the most important part in giving clubs a narrative and also just encouraging more donations from supporters yeah I mean what's the kind of overall reaction been from football clubs I mean I had a wee look at your your leaderboards and obviously the the aforementioned Wraith Rovers are are top of there and it seems to be you know a, a lot of decent sized football clubs, you know, lower kind of couple of divisions of the SPFL and then into, you know, the Lowland League as well. Um, what was the overall kind of reaction been from the clubs themselves? Well, I mean, first of all, when I first launched this, I thought it was going to be, an ab- I thought the concept was great myself. I thought yeah. it was going to be an absolute doddle and a no-brainer for every club in the SPFL to get involved. And I, had, I totally underestimated that. I mean, as you can see on the website now, I think there's only six SPFL clubs. I think four of them are actually actively using it, trying to get to nations. Mm. And so what I didn't expect was how quickly it would snowball throughout the other divisions, like the the Lowland League, East of Scotland, the Juniors, and what's now the West of Scotland, and even the Scottish Women's Premier League. And it kind of, I mean, I knew that I would be able to get Wraith Rovers easily. That was an easy one to start off with, and obviously being a relatively big club, I think they raised £1,000 within the first night. And then the next day, it was mentioned on Off the Ball by Stuart Cosgrove, and that led to Glasgow City getting in touch, and then Berwick Rangers got in touch off the back of that, and then after that, it completely snowballed, and I was getting five, ten inquiries a day, and I'm still getting a number of inquiries every day. Um, but I mean, I would say I, I did. I'm surprised no more SPFL clubs have come forward and asked to be part of it. I can understand a lot of the Premiership clubs, but even League One, League Two, and there's not even a Championship club on the website. And the big thing I've been saying to all these clubs, which is, I guess, been hard for clubs to understand, is I'm not doing it for any money. I'm. It's a complete non-profit project for me. Um, I've paid my money, my own money, to build it. 
but it's free for clubs to take part in and I don't take any commission from any donations. And in fact, the uh, transaction fees on the website are less than just giving and GoFundMe as well. So you make more money off the pound than you would uh, on Donate a Ticket than you would on the other platforms. But yeah, I think it's just one of these things where it sounds too good to be true to a lot of clubs and they just don't trust it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm making the payments every Wednesday. Clubs are getting their money every week so yeah i think it's spread a lot faster throughout the lower leagues because of word of mouth between all the clubs yeah you a fan of this idea matt absolutely yeah um yeah when i when i did see it come in though i, I wasn't like I, I wasn't a full aware of obviously all the clubs involved but when you go on you see i think there's 99 clubs now on it um uh, right across the country i mean for for fans of ourselves i mean who have been like talking up lower end, lower league Scottish football for so many years. I think this is such a great scheme to be a part of uh, just now, especially given the, the current climate. And and really everybody who who is getting involved, you know, there's it's, there's benefits for everyone. I mean, we talk about in Scotland about trying to save our our clubs and like, schemes like this will will help. It'll go such a long way um, to to doing that. So anything that can be good for for the game is is absolutely gonna get gonna need to get the credit it deserves. And um, really, Wraith Rovers, as we said, well clear at the top. Does that make them the, the best fans in Scotland? Oh, it just gives us another title just <laughs> season uh, Scottish League One. But uh, no, it's been fantastic. That's, that's been the most satisfying thing about the project is when you're transferring thousands of pounds worth of donations every single week to your own club. I mean, albeit it's, it's down to the fans who have actually made the donations, but uh, it's been absolutely fantastic to see them doing so well. And that's probably, maybe it's better not having any of the other big teams on it. Otherwise, Wraith wouldn't be top of that leaderboard. <laughs> Very good. I, I heard Craig obviously talking a minute ago about, you know, the Scottish Cup, another... Another example of how you're just, I know, I know you were talking, it was a kind of friendly competition and it definitely is, but another example of you're just adding that extra layer of excitement for fans to be able to get involved in, you know, live action almost. Yeah, I mean, the Scottish Cup's been, uh, it's been a lot better than I ever thought it would have gone. Um, that, that did come from the fact that a lot of clubs have given us feedback that they absolutely love the competition. So we did come up with the idea of doing a, a knockout tournament and calling it the Donated Ticket Scottish Cup. And so I emailed out all the clubs and just asked how many would want to participate. And believe it or not, it was actually quite a, a struggle to fill the 32 spaces. But eventually we got the 32 and launched it. And so the ties go live on th- on the Thursday night at 7pm. They run for 72 hours. Um, we've got David Tanner, uh, who's now of TalkSport, formerly Sky Sports, to, to do the draw. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did it fantastically well. It added a lot more excitement and a bit of prestige to the tournament. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was £17,600 was raised in the first round. And then the second round just passed was 13000 um, so just over £30,000 raised between the two rounds. But I mean, it was, I don't know if you saw in the Daily Record last week, or the, one of the Berwick Rangers directors uh, was in the Daily Record saying about how they raise more money from their donated ticket cup tie against Stenhouse Muir than they do on an average league, actual home game, wow. which was bizarre. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the, the Berwick Stenhouse Muir tie in the first round that sold 650 tickets and the last time they actually played in real life there was only 290 fans there so <laughs> it was crazy. quite spectacular and it, it, the, the funny thing was in the the last day in the last 10 minutes you had fans of certain teams donating five ten times just to get their club through to the next round um so it just created that kind of almost addiction where they were just desperate to get their club into the next round and it it was perfect for the clubs involved so yeah it's been 
fantastic and there's still three more rounds to go and probably another uh, trophy for Wraith Rovers to lift at the end. <laughs> That's totally crazy though that you know fans who actually pay and get to see a game of football for it and, and you're getting what just about three times as many for, for the same fixture on your website. Matt I guess that just goes to show you know the lure of this thing and also how I don't want to use the word helpless because obviously this website gives people a chance to help their clubs, but it just you know shows how perhaps how concerned supporters are, especially at the lower levels of you know how their club's going to survive this current situation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've seen various cases over the years of like how fans will just rally together um, to to either help their club through a bad spell or or obviously if a club's on the verge of bankruptcy, I mean, uh, right throughout the whole level, uh, sort of the Scottish league system is great. And and really, that that's kind of what it's all about. I and mean, it's that old saying of you know, football's nothing without the fans. I mean, see it, you know, just now there's games going on in Germany with nobody there. But yeah, everybody's going to be tuning in regardless if, if you're a fan just because there's football on. And it's the same with this, you know, like if, if something comes up, if it's a, whether it's just a vote on Twitter for something or it's obviously a donation like this i mean that's what rudy was saying it's it's great to see fans back in it and um and long may that kind of that kind of trend continue rudy i want to ask you obviously um former morton chief executive spfl director warren hawk and a name you know that many will be familiar with he's had a, a pretty long role in, in scottish football how did you manage to get him involved in your team uh, well, Warren, he does work with Wraith Rovers just now, so he's doing some kind of consultancy work to help the Wraith community project. So I know Warren just through various Wraith Rovers projects. So when I first had the idea, I thought he's the perfect person to go to, to go and speak to the other clubs and open the doors with different uh, different clubs. But that's where, I mean, he, he did a great job in, in opening the doors and getting me in with chairman, directors and, and all of that. But it's just it was just so hard to get these clubs over the line. And, and to be fair, by the time the website was live, that it was at that point that clubs had already launched their Just Giving and GoFundMe pages and they didn't want to bombard fans with different kind of fundraising options, which is completely understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was a big help. Uh, right back at the beginning of the project. And it's key, you mentioned on the site that this is so much, you know, more about the players. And, you know, I understand that you're basically, uh, you're raising money from the fans and you say you, you transfer it over to the club every Wednesday or whatever, and you don't get a say in what happens from there and, and what the clubs do with the money, obviously. But yeah. you mentioned on the website how this is about so much more than just the players and you know, the top levels of the club, it's about the backroom staff, the groundsmen, the catering staff, etc. And, you know, hopefully this money can go and make sure they get paid and stuff like that as well. Well, that's it. I mean, that's the, what people forget about when you look at football clubs fundraising or when football clubs go into administration. It's those people that are forgotten about. It's the people who have probably been at the club the longest as well, the office staff and the groundsmen and the kit men and things like that that also are full-time, maybe full-time or part-time employees and rely on that income, the club's money as well. So that's, I mean, it's that's the big thing. I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of these clubs are going to be without um, players by June anyway when the contracts expire. I think Stranraer down to zero players as of June mm-hmm. the 10th and but then they're still left with a lot of other people who rely on the club like your office staff and um, backroom staff and things so yeah that was vitally important as well to get that message across to anyone who wants to donate. Yeah Matt you weren't on the, the show last week we spoke extensively about tickets and how we managed to to get through this situation next season when it looks like 
well, almost certainly we're not going to be selling any tickets for football matches for, I don't know, pe people seem to have this kind of January of, you know, early 2021 idea about when fans can start coming back to games. And I kind of question that a little bit just because, you know, I, I think it's it's pretty much agreed that we're not going to get fans back at games until there's either, you know, far more extensive testing or there's some sort of um, a vaccine would obviously be the perfect answer, but there's some sort of you know antiviral drugs as well out there, um, and it doesn't seem like January is the perfect time for for a vaccine to arrive. I feel like it could be you know the summer or even further down the line that's mm -hmm. been spoken about. So, how do clubs with that in mind? at the lower levels of Scottish football get through next season when chances are they're not going to have fans at the majority, if not all, of their games? Well, well this is it. I mean, it's so hard to, to kind of judge it, I suppose. I mean, you'd like to think that almost some clubs could take a kind of a leading role on it to, to work out. I mean, the reality is, is that, you know, the big boys at the SPFL, like all the kind of, you know, the bigger clubs and all, they seem to be, be able to call the shots and so on. And, I think a lot of the, the whole mess that's been in the last few months, well, last month certainly of of what way whether league reconstruction and all that kind of thing you go into, you don't want to go into that, but it's like you know they, these clubs can almost get away with it because they've got their own TV channels, but that lower league, there's it's not really there. It's all you know we we all know people at these clubs, they're all volunteers. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's it. What you would hope is obviously is that you know. Is it, when you see like a scheme like this, you see well fans. You know, there's evidence to suggest here that fans are willing to put their money in their pocket and and, and contribute to their clubs. So you think right, well, could you do a thing of right? You know, could East Fife, for example, run you know like a, a live stream of their game and just allow have fans donate their their match ticket almost like this? And you know, because that's the, as we said before, sixty percent of the income is is ticket based, and mm -hmm. and that's it's scary. It's scary, kind of. Where and you know if you see it in England as well, there's there's so many there's double the amount of clubs in the in the English setup that um, they they they're talking about that so many of the clubs could go to the wall like just not just cease to exist and you you see it before pandemic clubs already struggling you know so there's so much to get through on there and I personally don't think football fans will be allowed to return to stadiums until we're almost out of this if, if that's even going to happen um, mm -hmm. because the, it's so long January is a long away is a long time away and I think there's always this kind of appetite to just get fans back in because well it, football you know football's like the biggest thing out there almost you know like it's like right well if you can get fans back in the same you can do anything yeah that's true but you know the, the reports came out today that you know that that Liverpool Atletico Madrid game you know, caused quite a lot of well, not reports. Sorry, it was kind of like medical scientists saying yeah. this, and you know, a lot of deaths come out of it. Cheltenham as well. You see, when big crowds come together, it's not safe, and you can't. I don't think you can look beyond this time next year. To be honest, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, no, I, th I think that's a fair point, Rudy. You've obviously come up with this ingenious idea. I'll call it. You'll probably say that it's a, <laughs> a pretty straightforward one that more people should have been coming up with. Well, have you got any other? You know clever ideas I'm asking tongue-in-cheek a little bit but have you got any kind of serious thoughts on how clubs can find a way to you know compensate for this ticket money that they're they're going to lose out on next season 
Uh, it's a tough one. I, mean, I, I had a good call with the Stranraer chairman on Saturday, and he, he made the point that there's no way that they can go behind closed doors at any point. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, in, as of June the 10th, I think, I don't know if they've managed to extend till the end of June for furlough, but uh, let's just say from July, they'll have no signed players. Now, it will now suit them to just not sign any players until they can get fans back in the ground. Like, there's yeah. no point in them going through signing on fees and paying salaries to then not have any fans coming in. So there'll be a number of clubs who don't have any players signed on or only have a handful of players signed on who would much rather just write off next season before coming back and playing in front of nobody. And on top of that, there's the other aspects. Like you're getting people paying for advertising boards around a stadium that if it's only live on a one-camera uh, stream, you're not seeing three-quarters of those advertising mm-hmm. boards. So these companies will maybe want their money back or, or not willing to pay at all next season. And on top of that, you're losing the revenue from hospitality, match sponsorships and all of this. So it wouldn't surprise me if League One, League Two didn't return at all for a season. And even in the Championship, they'll struggle to make it work financially yeah. with, with a lot of the clubs in that division. I mean, from my point of view, I've, I've tried to think of many different ways you could do it. Obviously, you can keep the, the ticket donations going. There's, I think there's a club in Denmark that are looking at doing some sort of support or get together on Zoom where you can pay and you, you go into a lobby with, I think, 20 or 30 other fans and they, they're doing a number of different lobbies. There's these kind of things, but they're just, I, I can't see anything working to nearly the same extent as just getting fans through the gate. And then the other problem you've got is with the, the TV ban being lifted for three o'clock on a Saturday, even if these clubs do put their kind of TV channels on to watch the games, you're competing with Rangers, Celtic matches, Man City matches, you're competing with lots of other clubs playing at the same time, which you can easily watch on your BT or Sky Sports. Mm-hmm. So you'll, you'll find a, a large amount of fans won't even bother paying for their, their club's TV channel. It's just, I, I, I personally don't, can't see... A situation where you'll get a full leagues coming back uh, until we all know that we're all safe to go back into football matches. Um, and yeah, as you guys say, God knows when that will be. That could be into next year. It could be season 2021, 22. Yeah, I mean, I, I was chatting to to someone who's you know quite high up at a, a League One club um, earlier on in the week, and you know I was chatting about this idea, and it seems to be the the adopted one from everyone basically that you know fans could almost have a virtual season ticket um, that they would use online to watch the games, and you know there's loads of questions first of all about how many clubs have you know the the wherewithal to be able to to broadcast matches because you know I made the point in last week's show Celtic the you know, nine in a row winners, um, richest club in the country, regularly have pro- problems with Celtic TV broadcasting games on Saturdays at three o'clock, and you only have to go in the Twitter feed to see the, you know, the comments from fans, unhappy fans, at how that's working. So if you transfer that to a club in, you know, even the bottom of the Premiership or the, the top of the Championship, then, you know, it's a tricky one to, to see it coming. But the point that this guy was making was that you automatically think, you know, if you've say you've got an average home gate of a thousand people, then you'd think, oh, maybe you could get 800, 900 to, to pay in for a, you know, a virtual ticket to watch the game online. But there'll be a lot of these um, people going to games in the flesh that are part of families. And, you know, yeah. if, you're, if you're paying for a TV channel, you don't need three TV channels per household, you only need one. So you're, you're automatically looking at, you know, a, a much lower figure, probably, he said, about a quarter or a third of your average gate so straight away uh, you know even if they're charging the same amount for an online e-ticket for a game then you're losing maybe 60 70 percent of your normal revenue so 
I don't even know if if that's a goer. Um, like you, Rory, I, I struggle to see how the te- the lesser teams, if you like, in the SPFL, the teams in League One and League Two, how they they play at all next season if they've got you know no fans coming to the games. Um, but even in the Championship, it's such a, a tough one, and Scotland's such a diverse country in terms of the the size of our clubs. You know, mammoth clubs at the top, and then clubs who get a couple of hundred a week and it's kind of epitomised by the championship where you're, next season you're, you're probably going to have Hearts who are a club that, you know, gets 20,000 odd every second week when they're playing well and then right at the bottom you've got teams like Arbroath and Alloa who, you know, get, I don't know, a 20th of that, something like that. So can clubs like Arbroath and Alloa even um, get on with football if there's no fans next season, Matt? It'll be very difficult, obviously, um, for these kind of clubs. I mean, as we've just touched on, it's not it's not something that anybody's looking forward to. I mean, there's so many so many good people at these clubs helping running, whether it's volunteers, whether it's paid staff, that they just want to see football back. And But the, the reality is, it, it almost like it's not been a priority in society, Like, and that's what I was touching on earlier on, but it's almost to the point of it's the expectation that like something like sport can come back but the, re- the reality is, it just it can't go back to normal, and so many clubs will will struggle. As you said, like in Scotland, we've got this kind of uh, you know hearts going to the championship to, to our growth. It's, these clubs are so different, you know, vast sizes. You only have to go to a game on on a Saturday to our growth, and then the following week to to Tynecastle to realise that. So, mm-hmm. so many, so many, well. Less in options potentially, but so many ideas getting flung about that you almost feel like it's kind of it's going to break crumble around. So you being optimistic as I am often about the Scottish game, I'm hopeful something will come of it. What do you envisage happening with donate a ticket then, Rory? Do you have plans for the future? You, you rightly said at the start that you know you're you're not making any money from this, but do you have you know plans for it growing even further? Do you have more you know clubs on your checklist and try and get them involved? Yeah, well, I finished to say, in the last week or two, I've been working towards potentially starting a cross-country tournament. Um, so as of uh, yesterday, I've got Woking, Eastbourne Borough, Maidstone United and Cork City signed up to really? take part in a cross-country tournament. I'm trying, to try, I'm trying to find 32 clubs who'd be interested in it, including some Scottish clubs. Um, I think if you can get a cross-country tournament, it could be... Well, it will be a lot bigger when you look at Cork City's average attendance is about 3,300, I think it is. So you're looking at just under double of what Wraith Rovers is. So it, could, it has massive potential. So that's probably where I'm going to go next with it. I'm looking at trying to get English National League, North, South, Irish, Welsh, Northern Irish clubs involved and, or, and some Scottish clubs as well. So that's probably the next stage of it. But yeah, uh, my, my issue is I need to be conscious of the fact that I'm not making any money. It yeah. takes up a lot of time. You're looking at about four or five hours every Wednesday just to do 90 bank transfers which isn't fun but um, yeah so that's that, that's what I need to be careful of but then at the same time it's, it's great to see so many clubs benefit from it and I'm, I'm hoping to be able to keep it open for all the clubs involved just now right through the summer until it just isn't possible for me to run anymore um, but I'll be doing my best to make sure it is available for the clubs Yeah, I mean you obviously mentioned there that you aren't making any money from it and therefore it's you know, you need to be aware of the time you're spending on it, but it must give you, you know, immense satisfaction to be able to hand over. I mean, how how much is the site raised in total to to these various clubs? I think it's I think it's about one hundred and twelve thousand uh, as of today. 
Um, so it's been yeah, it's been unbelievable. And yeah, I mean that's ninety nine clubs now, but I think about twenty five percent of them haven't raised a hundred pounds. So above that, you've got quite a lot of clubs making a lot of money, um, and a lot of surprises as well. I mean, St Rocks, for example, the junior club, they've I think they've raised about six thousand pounds on the mm-hmm. website now, and that I mean that money is massive to these clubs. It's for for a juniors club or now west of Scotland, that'll go a long way for them. And and I think Canvas Lang Rangers have started using their money to do up the stadium now for when for when it can be ready to to host football matches. So there's lots of different ways that the clubs are using it. But yeah, I mean you're right, it's it's been very satisfying knowing that, that that much has been raised. And that's why I mean it's a proven model, it's a proven concept. I'm looking at now can I pass it over to associations? Like I've got a call with someone from the Irish FA tomorrow about whether they want to actually take a plat take the platform and roll it out themselves, which would mm. take all the work away from me and means that they can manage it in Ireland or I'm looking at maybe would is it something that the SRU could take and roll it out to all the rugby clubs in Scotland and again just take that weight off me so I don't have to do any of the work And because I've got a platform there that's been built and I'm, I'm happy to transfer it over to people to make use of it in, in different sports or different leagues and, and I think it could do very well as it's been proven in Scotland Yeah, definitely Any fans listening to this and they, they want to find out if their club's involved and they want to donate to their club where can they go? Visit donateaticket.com and um, if you go to click the donate button, you'll see a list of all the clubs and all the different divisions that are covered and it's simple enough to pick a donation into your bank details and help your club. So a big thanks to Ruri for joining us and we hope that you enjoyed the chat there. We're planning something decent for our next podcast show, perhaps with a player or even a high-level official from an SPFL club to get some sort of different slant on how things are going at present. We really want to dig into the stories and get good guests on to chat about that, and I think Rory certainly delivered on that front. Remember, you can follow Burstball on Twitter. We're at Burstball Podcast. You can like us on Facebook by searching for the Burstball Scottish Football Podcast and also on the newest platform of the lot, YouTube, by searching for the Burstball Scottish Football Podcast or even just Burstball We post unique non-podcast content on there pretty regularly, so feel free to subscribe and click the alarm bell so that you don't miss out on any upcoming uploads. We'll have some stuff on there very soon as we look back on season 2019-2020 with our end of season awards special. And as I mentioned before this week's show, we'll also have a fresh podcast very soon as well with some big guests. Until then, take care of yourself and we'll hopefully speak to you very soon.